Hi, I'm Kathleen Gallagher, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and the executive director of Five Lakes Institute. And this is How Did You Do That? A show about successful entrepreneurs and how and why they succeeded. I dropped out of college to take this lucrative job in Northern Canada, but it turned out to be a godsend because uh, I really did learn a lot of radiation physics and I decided then to get into medical physics. Brock Mackey is a medical physicist who invented a safer type of radiation called tomotherapy that delivers less radiation with just as much effectiveness. It has saved many lives. During a 25-year tenure as a University of Wisconsin-Madison professor, Rock taught radiation physics and dosimetry, wrote 185 peer-reviewed publications, secured more than 50 patents, and supervised 42 PhD students. But he also successfully made the transition from academia to business. Rock has started six companies, including most recently Lenectra, a Madison company he co-founded in 2019 that is developing a metal 3D printer for manufacturing uses. In all of his startup endeavors, he has mentored and nurtured other up-and-coming entrepreneurs. His most successful startup, Tomotherapy Inc., raised $185 million in a 2007 initial public offering and sold to Accuray in 2011 for $277 million. Rock, welcome to How Did You Do That? Thank you. Uh, let's start with some really important information about you. You're Canadian. I'm Canadian, eh? <laughs> uh, you, you were always the smartest kid in your class. You got all your degrees in Canada, in really hard subject areas, I might add. But you had experiences that got you an education outside of school as well. Uh, well, of course, yeah. I, I, I was um, a bartender, a busboy, a waiter, and I uh, also worked up in northern Canada um, as a uh, radon, radon daughter decontamination technician and physicist. Well, and you learned a lot from that, right? Yeah, no, I learned radiation, a lot of radiation physics from that because, you know, radon is a radioactive gas that can seep into your home and produce uh, other radioactive materials that you breathe in. So, yeah, it's a fairly hazardous thing. And Northern Canada has a lot of uranium mines and a lot of radium deposits, uh, which produce the radon gas. Well, you were very young. You were still in college, right? I, was, I, I dropped out of college to take this lucrative job in Northern Canada. But it turned out to be a godsend because uh, I really did learn a lot of radiation physics. And I decided then to get into medical physics, which uh, yeah, it tends to be on the, on the radiation side, either in radiology or radiation oncology. You view the work that you did for your PhD dissertation as foundational to your career. So tell us, what did you, you do there? I worked on a uh, way of calculating radiation dose with much more accuracy, almost an order of magnitude more accurate when I uh, was doing my PhD. And then um, I continued to work on the method when I took a clinical job after a PhD in, in Canada and uh, managed to publish a couple of papers that gave me some reputation. So I had known when I was in Canada that the mecca of medical physics was the University of Wisconsin. So I was asked to come down and apply for a job in 87. And so I moved here or in 86. And I moved here in 87. Yeah, I'm just thinking as you're talking about this, this is like um, Albert Einstein type math, it seems to me. 
I wouldn't think it's quite that bold, but but it, but it's it can be very challenging, and uh, certainly uh, a lot of medical physics uh, uses you know very rigorous physics. I mean, there's some very very complicated machines like CT scanners and um, MRI scanners that you know are created by extremely brilliant people. Those two inventions were Nobel Prize winning inventions. When you got to UW Madison, your chairman wanted you to focus on stereotactic radio surgery, which focuses radiation to treat tumors and other problems. You built the second department in the country that was focused on stereotactic radiation. Yeah, the, the second program in our department. Uh, sorry, we had the second program in the country in our department is, I guess, a better way to phrase it. Boston had the first program in the U.S., so the folks in Boston uh, allowed us to copy the, the hardware. So we, we built a copy of what they had put together, but we didn't have a treatment planning system. We didn't have a way of calculating the radiation dose very well. So um, this uh, forced us really to um, start working on treatment planning to be able to calculate the radiation dose. And this was for, for both functional problems and cancer in the brain. So uh, radiation is used both to treat something called arterial venous malformations, which isn't cancer. Um, it does an excellent job of getting rid of them, and uh, it also treats cancer in the brain. So this was first just focused on brain cancer. So you, this 3D planning system you built, um, you built it with Mark Gehring, um, who's gone on to be a really successful entrepreneur in Madison under your tutelage, I might uh, suggest. Um, it became the basis for your first company called Geometrics. Um, it's a big leap from a research project to building a company around your technology. What's important to know when you set out to do that? Well, I mean, we had, we had, we had used University of Hospital money uh, to build the stereotactic program. Mark was hired by the university um, as a programmer to work on this, on this project. And by the way, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant programmer. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have to give uh, most of the credit for the stereotactic radiosurgery program to, uh, to Mark. So the, the code was, was also the first use of 3D visualization and it applied, to, uh, applied to radiation oncology. And um, up until that point, people had been, been just doing simplified two-dimensional calculations uh, to determine what the dose was. And so we, we took the leap into full 3D space. But uh, it was amazing software. I mean, you, you literally could see beams entering and leaving on an on a accurate visualization of the patient obtained from the CT scan. Because when you get a CT scan, you're, you're really getting a, a map in 3D of the patient, including getting a ac pretty accurate map of the skin. So you could certainly get an idea if the patient um, was uh, was bald or or uh, had a beard or I mean you could see all of, the, of this very fine fine detail in the images that we were producing. It um, was amazing. It was really amazing software for its time. So you know, about five years in, you had been working with a company called ADAC. Um, they made you an offer that at the time you thought you couldn't refuse. Yeah, so we, we actually wanted the, the, the hospital to, to get FDA approval. We were told we'd have to get FDA approval if it left the university. And so the university, you know, really didn't feel they were in the place to, to commercialize it. So ADAC uh, gave us a, you know, a real academics dream of, of an advance against a royalty deal, just like a book deal, uh, which in hindsight was a terrible deal. So, so they had, they ended up get, uh, giving us three, $3 million to, 
to get FDA approval. And in, uh, you know, four years later in, in 1996, we got the 510K FDA approval. And uh, they, they then told us, well, by the way, you, you know, you owe us $3 million. So we're not going to give you any, we're not going to send you any royalty checks until you paid off the $3 million that, that we invested in you. So we didn't know what the heck we were going to do because we didn't, you know, we needed money to pay, to pay people. And then a couple of weeks later, they came back with an offer to buy us for 4.4 million in new money and then forgive the debt. So it was a $7.4 million offer. And, you know, we kind of eagerly took it, except for one, we had one person, uh, one share, shareholder who said, no, this is a terrible deal. It's worth a lot more than that. And in hindsight, it was worth a lot more than that. It was probably worth, I, I estimate about $40 million when we sold it for 7.4. That's a live and learn experience. It huh? is, it is. So you'd been working on the tomotherapy technology all along, and in 1994, you got a research contract with GE Healthcare. That halted abruptly when Jack Welsh decided to get out of that area. So you kept building tomotherapy, though. What, it was touch and go. It was, it was touch and go, yeah. We, were, we had to scramble to find money. Uh, Wharf came through, and, and the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation and, uh, and saved us with a $1.1 million basically gift uh, because they owned the IP on, tom- on tomotherapy and, and they had a licensing deal with GE that GE had now abandoned. So, so we picked up the deal and tried to raise money, but we were raising money in the dot-com bubble. Uh, so it was hard to find any money for a, you know, a, a big capital equipment. But you went on to really change the face of radiation for patients all over the world. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the the geometrics software was already starting to change the world, uh, so it moved everything to three D CT based planning, and so then this second punch came along with, to use intensity modulated radiation therapy, and our our dose calculation for Pinnacle we also used in tomotherapy, so it was a very accurate. That allowed us to do um, very complicated uh, dose distributions, much more comp- an order of magnitude more complicated than anything that had ever existed before. So we founded really intensity modulated radiation therapy uh, combined with an, with image guided radiotherapy because the tomotherapy machine not not only was a radiotherapy machine, it was also had a built in CT scanner. Well, I remember at one point you had a, you'd show a kind of panel of balloons and you'd show, you'd throw a dart at one of the balloons and showing that tomotherapy could hit that balloon, hit the tumor and not hit any of the tissue around it. I mean, we would hit some, we would hit the normal tissue, but, but we could, um, we could sculpt the dose so that the dose was far lower um, in the, in the, in the sensitive normal tissue. So we could actually put in way less dose then was that could cause complications in the in the sensitive tissue, and then there's tissue that that isn't very sensitive, like muscle and fat is not very sensitive. So you can put in more dose there, and that's why CT is so important because you can know you you know what the beam is going through. You in 2011 sold the company. I mean, you got CEOs to come in and run it and all that sort of thing. But then you you stayed involved. You sold the company in 2011 to Accuray. I, I guess it was considered a merger at the time, but Accuray came out the dominant player. You'd do that differently today, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, I, I would buy. I think I would have bought Accuray. You know, in, hind, in, in hindsight, and I think Accuray now sells more tomotherapy machines than they sell their product. Uh, 
the uh, the cyber knife, and uh, and it, re it really has a little more legs on it than than the cyber knife. So I think I think we were fact the technology that was better. But you know what, the company that bought the other would have to go down to a very low ca cash balance, and it was risky, especially during a recession. So so they frankly had more guts than we did. Rock, you're so uh, clear-headed about the mistakes that happened over over the course of all these companies, and I think that your ability to see that it seems like really informed one of the endeavors you did recently. You you formed the Isthmus Project in Madison to help other entrepreneurs. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, no, yeah. So the Isthmus pro Project really was uh, one of the reasons I went there to 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 start it is to try to get the university and, and UW Health to fund um, you know good projects that that would have legs, and you know it really if we had existed uh, when Geometrics was formed, uh, then that would have been an Isthmus Project company, and they would have ended up uh, you know we would have had better business advice, and and we would have done well, and the university. Uh, would have done well by it, um, but but because we didn't have that really guidance, then uh, I think we you know we we certainly sold the company, and it took a lot more effort um, than it should have, and then tomotherapy you know did take advantage of the university. It, it incubated in the university for a decade, and so having that um, that incubation inside the university with with uh, lots of people to help you know was really really useful. It was useful to have Wharf involved. And so the Ismet project is basically a, uh, a UW health cre creation, but to help the, the UW Medical School and, and School of Public Health. Hopefully, uh, the Ismet project uh, will uh, be able to nurture a lot of other startups that come out of the UW Health and the School of Medicine Public Health. Yeah, it's um, the way entrepreneurship should be, uh, like a do it better next, do it even better next time. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and the university should, should get their, uh, their just desserts. It's a better way for them to participate, if you like, at, at pretty low, low risk in general. Um, just want to ask you, too, about your most recent startup, Linectra. It's something of a departure for you because it's not imaging. It's th creating a 3D metal printer. Can you yeah. talk about that a little? Well, I mean, it sort of came from imaging um, because the project evolved from a uh, new type of X-ray tube that instead of having one source, it has multiple sources in a line. Basically, an X-ray target is something that has to be water-cooled or oil-cooled or else it'll melt. So we saw it as an opportunity then to build a print head that could melt metal. And uh, so there are powder bed metal printers. So this is a multi-element uh, powder bed printer uh, concept that would use electron beams uh, to melt the, melt the powder surface instead of lasers. You know, it's um, so awesome to have you in the regional ecosystem. And um, it, it's just wonderful that you took the time to tell us more about what you've done and are doing. Thank you so much, Rock. Okay, thank you. You can read more about this story and find links to resources by visiting wuwm.com. You can also explore episodes of How Did You Do That at wuwm.com, at the iTunes Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. 